First ever 2020 international in the history of the game. I can see hairdressers in New Zealand rubbing their hands together as young cricketers around the country try to get this magnificent Hamish Marshall look. It'll cost them thousands to do it. There's a Dennis Lilly look-alike. Oh dear, that's gone as well. It's gone all the way and 30 comes up from the over. Well, catch your breath. 200 up and we've got an over to go. 200 for five Australia. It's a very warm welcome to the Cricket Library podcast. Aaron Wharton, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me, Matt. It's uh, very exciting to be here and I'm um, a big fan of all that you do. I've been a long time admirer of the podcast and of course um, having worked with you for more than three years as well. I know how much that you love cricket. So um, yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, well, it's, it's a really good fit actually. This show... We, we like to share stories that inspire people to love and play the game. And, and your job at the moment is exactly that. Uh, you're the community engagement lead for the men, oh, ICC Men's World T20 Cup. And I'd love you to share with us a little bit about what's involved in that role and uh, how you're using cricket to bring people together. Yeah, thanks, Matt. Well, stop by saying how lucky we are. Um, and how excited we are to bring the community back together. It's been a, a tough one of 24 months or so. So um, to have a massive, you know, global event um, in our shores in Australia, it's the biggest event um, in Australia this year, the, the Men's T20 World Cup. Um, yeah, we just can't wait for it to start, really. And um, for me, you know, the highlight, you know, the colour of each nation, I think of the fans, I think of the, the players and the uniforms and um you know, it's really um, just getting that buzz back into the stadiums and the atmosphere that people have been craving. And I know we tried it in, in various different ways at, at home um, during that time, but uh, it big to get live sport back is, is unreal. And from my end, um, yeah, and, and the community engagement side of things, uh, it's just, I've got a great job. We get to travel all the way around the country. It's all around inspiring fans of our 16 nations that are, are playing um, across our host cities and um, yeah, getting them all back and tied up again. Um, they've probably been a little inactive in their communities um, from a physical sense in the, in the past couple of years. So it's um, it's really nice to see people get back together. It's really nice to see those conversations happening again and celebrating culture and uh, community. And um, look, we've got 45 incredible matches um, starting on October 16 in Geelong and, and um, just finishing up at the MCG. On November, on November 13. So um, we've got a lot of work to do between now and then. Uh, but we're looking forward to a really cool event. Yeah, it's, a, it's been a really interesting time because the, the last major significant event before the COVID lockdowns and things happened was the remarkable night there at the MCG when the Australian women's team lifted the women's IT, ICC T20 trophy and over 86,000 fans packed in to the MCG and it felt like things were just about to take off and then we've all had to put the foot on the brakes and um, it's really exciting to have cricket back and to have the men's version of that same tournament uh, coming around in October. What's what's the feeling like uh, out there in the community? Oh, it's, it's huge. 
Um, and I'm one of those that's proud to say I was there that night. I made the trip to, to Melbourne and, yeah, wow, um, the Katie Perry impact. I think the, the marketing gurus that, that came up with that, I'm, I'm sure it um, cost a pretty penny, but it was um, worth every effort to, to get her across and um, to celebrate on International Women's Day um, as well. And she had had 86,000 people there, as you say. It was just an amazing celebration and, and even better that the Aussies were able to, to get up um, as well. So, so far, we've had an incredible response um, across all of our seven host cities and, and venues. And um, it's really just about, you know, getting out to them again. Um, you know, a lot of those conversations have, have kind of stalled over yeah. that time. And, um, yeah, we, we've actually started a, an online Facebook community called Squads, which um, we'll talk about a bit more in depth later. But um, that, that basically allows and unites um, cricket fans from all around Australia uh, to, to jump online anytime and, and talk cricket, um, share their cultural stories from, from back home and, um, yeah, just kind of connect in with, with one another any anytime they want. So um, it's, a, it's a pretty cool um, new initiative that we've been working on um, during these COVID times that showed you know, how the whole world's adapted as well. Yeah, it, it's a great a great platform for people to have some good banter, bring up some good memories. And, and we will talk about the, the squads in more detail a little bit later on. I remember when I was growing up, uh, the 1992 Men's 50 Over World Cup was shared between Australia and New Zealand. And I, I was in year eight at the time, and I, I just remember what a big deal that was. And we've seen kind of the evolution of cricket uh I'm feeling quite old now. Um, looking back, I think 1992, it doesn't really feel like that long ago, but it, it it's 30 years ago, I guess. Uh, so a lot's happened in cricket since then. But for Australia to be hosting, Australia to be the defending champions, uh, I know back in 92, Australia didn't qualify for the finals and it was England playing Pakistan at the MCG in front of a, a very big crowd. How do you think uh, the Aussie players are feeling about the the privilege, I guess, of of, of playing on home soil? Oh, I just imagine they're absolutely pumped. Uh, what a win it was! Um, probably a bit of a dark horse um, in twenty twenty one to get up and, and now to defend it um, in front of their uh, you know, home turf, um, in front of you know massive crowds. Um, in Australia, and you know, borders are opening up again as well. So there'll be crowds coming in from overseas. It's um, yeah, just a great opportunity for the fans to connect back with their favourite players um, as well. So look, there's going to be a, a bit more of a buzz because um, I know there's a lot of tournaments they've played in the last couple of years where there, there hasn't been that vibe. I uh, just know how much the, the Aussies really lift when you know we as, as cricket fans um, get behind and, and really make it um, you know cauldron. Um, as well around um, a country, so yeah, I uh, look. I think they'll go really well. I think they've got an incredible squad. I mean, there's no real weaknesses there, and um, yeah, as I said, coming in the defending champs, they'll, they'll want to you know do it proud on, on home soil. Yeah, and and the origins of World T Twenty cricket. Um, we'll hear a little audio grab from Daryl Tuffy, who played in that that first game. In fact, we might do that now. We might have a little listen to Daryl Tuffy reflecting on the first T20 international back in 2005. It was at Eden Park, and here's what he had to say about that. <laughs> Not at all. It was just a big social kind of get-together. We got a huge crowd to Eden Park. Obviously, any time you, 
have Australia and New Zealand as you've just seen the box today to you know see the Kiwi fans get up for it and to have um, to play the first T20 international it was played it's been a bit kind of festive kind of atmosphere and carnival atmosphere I remember Michael Cuthbert's bowling like Dennis Lilly and, <laughs> um, like McGraw was pretending to bowl underarm ball that's right yeah <laughs> guys had like um, like afros and moustaches and like the old retro uh, beige um, New Zealand kit and the um, kind of canary yellow uh, kit for the Aussies. It was funny. It was, it was good. But, like, yeah, you can see where it's gone to now. Like, it's um, amazing. Like, T20 cricket and um, as a spectator sport, like the BBL thing and obviously the IPL has um, done wonders for that. And Oh, what what incredible scenes they were, Aaron. I I remember where I was when that game was happening. I I was coaching my under-15 cricket team in Sydney and I I was getting text messages from friends saying, you need to turn the television on and have a look at what's going on. You need to to see this. And... uh, I remember reading about it in the in the Sydney Morning Herald the day after the game and seeing the pictures of the players with the afros and hearing about the 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 Glenn McGrath uh, underarm reenactment and Billy Bowden uh, getting involved there as well. What what were your recollections uh, of that? You, where does it sit for you uh, in the in the shaping of T Twenty cricket as as we know it? Yeah, I mean, it's really the start of the journey for me and T20 cricket as well. I mean, I was 15 years old. Um, I was sitting on the couch with Dad and I can yeah, vividly remember watching that game and um, it kind of clicked with me in my mind. This is the, the first time I've seen cricket and entertainment um, really cross over. Um, yeah. You know, the, a full house, um, you know, the beige outfits. Uh, wow, you know, the, <laughs> the, um, the, the buttons undone and... Um, you know, the chest hair on, on full display. You're right, Hamish Marshall with the, the long hair, Stephen Fleming with the chops, the moustache, the headbands, the sweatbands. It was um, it was truly entertainment. I don't think the, the players or the fans really knew what to expect um, at that point. It was actually a great line, um, just reflecting on um, some of the commentary from that night. The, the, the first line, um, just before the first ball, was a night of history here at Eden Park. I wonder where the ride is going to take us. Yeah. I thought that was brilliant. Um, and we've, you know, we've, we've really built up from that moment. And it, it, in relation to our tournament, um, this is the first time we're actually hosting the ICC Men's T20 World Cup on our shore. And that's, I mean, that game was 17 years ago. Yeah. Um, now this is our chance um, to, yeah, really show it off and, and show off to the world. But, um, yeah, the atmosphere was incredible. Um, the amount of forwards and sixes, the high scoring, the quicker run rate, the changing of the batting orders, um, using you know specialist fielders and players in different roles um, as well was really exciting. I think I remember, perhaps not in that game, but um, perhaps in the early edition of the KFC, um, in the state edition, like even the nicknames on the players' back, you know, the mm. dodgeball, Brad Hodge. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, like it's just great that cricket was willing to try anything. I think we've ironed out a lot of those things over the past 17 years, and we're in a really good spot. But, um, yeah, it's been really topical as well, um, just watching some highlights of, of Andrew Simons, and obviously it's been such a tough time for cricket as well. But, um, gee, he smashed him around the park 
on that night and, and really showed um, what a champion of the white ball game he was. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a, a very tough time for the cricket family in uh, 2022, losing some really big personalities and some really big com- contributors to our our childhood memories. And um, Andrew Simon's definitely one of those. The way he played the game, he, he was he was really cut out for short format cricket um, as much as he excelled in uh, test match cricket as well. But the, the athleticism, the, the need to score quickly, he had all the attributes there uh, to, to master that format of the game. Also, Ricky Ponting, 98 not out in that game. Um, uh, uh, an incredible player uh, for a generation there, Ricky Ponting, and to see him just come in and straight away Adapt, uh, <laughs> adapt fairly seamlessly to to the change in format. Yeah, no, that was amazing. Um, I remember there was um, quite some short boundaries there. At Eden Park. <laughs> and, uh, I think he got two hundred and fourteen after being in a little bit of trouble early, and um, yeah, losing losing um, three or four wickets, I think, and within the power play. So they they really fought back there, and um, yeah, Punter and Simon Cadditch um, and Huffy kind of um, yeah, really. Um, steer the ship in, in a great direction, and yeah, I think we hadn't seen too many uh, fifty over games at, at ten and over. Um, so I know it was a small ground, but um, yeah, amazing effort by the Aussies, and, and ultimately to get across the line um, as well, and just the use of you know different bowlers, bowlers, and fielding positions, and power plays, and um, yeah, it was um, something that that sticks in the memory. And, and for me, like starting off as a as a fan and, and now working uh, on the largest stage. Um, being this worldwide event is, is pretty cool um, for me. And it's, yeah, something I certainly don't take for granted. Oh, absolutely. Uh, uh, and another another interesting one out of this game, uh, I'd forgotten about this, but Jeff Wilson played in that game for New Zealand. Now, Jeff Wilson uh, played some one-day international cricket for New Zealand as a youngster, as a teenager. I think he played his... his made his debut for New Zealand in one-day international cricket. Then he went away and played for the All Blacks and played something like 60 games for them and then retired from rugby and he came back. And th- And this was his only T20 international. And it, ma- it made me uh, – it sparked my memory about Andrew Johns <laughs> playing two games for New South Wales a couple of years later and just – just how I, I guess it shows how T Twenty cricket, like back then, I think uh, as a fan we didn't quite know how to take it. Like we saw the fun and the fanfare of this first game, and then the Andrew Johns experiment a few years later. Uh, but then the big bash comes around, and I really feel like that that was one of the really key validating pieces in the T20 story is is the domestic leagues that started uh, such as the Big Bash and the IPL and just how much though the Big Bash has become the new I guess the new Mercantile Mutual Cup when I was growing up we, we'd all pack North Sydney Oval to watch New South Wales play Western Australia in in 50 over cricket um, because it was a domestic version of, of the World Series Cup that we'd watch on TV and now now we've got got a dedicated league male and female league that we can follow closely and and watch our favorite domestic players with the addition of the overseas players coming in as well and and for me one of one of my 
one of my favourite memories of the Thunder was was seeing one of those overseas players uh, in Owen Morgan hitting a six off the last ball at Sydney Showground Stadium, uh, just having the fans in raptures uh, after. Incidentally, uh, the the people that were sitting behind me had had left early, thinking the Thunder were absolutely no chance. And at the time, I was kind of thinking maybe they were a little bit smart and um, beating the traffic and and getting out of there and not not watching another Thunder loss as 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 was the case back then. But for you, like is that is that kind of how you've seen the evolution as well? It's kind of gone from this gimmicky. Um, let's let's see what where this takes us into a really well respected format of the game where we're seeing the the best of the best uh, executing skills that we've never seen before. Yeah, I think just reflecting myself, I think that wow moment. Um, for me, around T20 cricket was um, must have been a season before the BBL actually started. I think I went to um, Victoria in New South Wales at the MCG, um, oh, wow. and it was a star-studded Victorian lineup. But there was addition of uh, DJ Bravo in the lineup. And oh I think it was yes, such a the the lineup was he, he was coming in at number six or seven with a bat and kind of bowling second or third change. And now I believe he's taken four or five hundred <laughs> T20 wickets around the world. So. Um, and that was they literally rolled out red carpet onto the MCG. The players, you know, came out and there was fireworks and wow, it's, um, that was that wow moment. Um, I mean, I, I felt like Cricket Australia really knew that it was something in this for the fans. Um, it was drawing in a new audience. Mm. Um, well, I think of you know families and um, you know a lot more mums coming along and uh, two kids as well. So a lot more friendly environment as well for new fans. So. That was an evolution from a fan perspective, but um, I've also been lucky enough to, to work um, eight seasons uh, myself in the in the BBL across Melbourne Stars and and with the Sydney Sixers and um, yeah, just how professional um, you know those those leagues and teams have, have become over the years. Um, yeah, I mean it's a 365 day job um, as well, getting those lists together, getting those training uh, sessions, um, organising uniforms. Um, of course, we're really passionate about the community side of things as well and developing plans and you know, getting out and about and inspiring the next generation. So, um, yeah, T20 has, has changed the world. Um, I see it as bringing in new fans and that's where its purpose lies. Um, and that's what I hope this World Cup can do. It can keep um, generating new fans, but also um, bringing generations of, of fans together Um as well, that's that's one of our purposes is, is um, you know linking um, you know some of those those fathers to their grandfathers to their grandfathers and, and having those um, conversations around cricket and you know getting together getting together to go to a match or mm. you know, sitting at home on the couch or um, you know pulling up the the bat and, and wickets in the backyard and, and having a hit with the family. So it's um, we're really excited um, about that and we're in such a great time slot. As well, starting off the I guess the cricket summer in October, um, it's going to be front and forth, front and um, <laughs> going to be front of everyone's mind um, just after the, the uh, winter codes and um, you know great broadcast through Channel Nine and, and Fox as well. So it's uh, it's going to be unmissable, um, and, and we're pumped to, to get started in Geelong. Yeah, it's it can't come along soon enough. I've, um, I'm already excited about 
just the buzz that a, a tournament like this will create. And uh, w- one of one of my other T um, Twenty favorite moments, and I, and I did bring this up uh, online recently as well, was the Michael Hussey innings. Um, it was it was a beauty uh, against Pakistan, uh, leaving it to the last minute to get the job done, Australia. Pakistan making six for 191. This was in the ICC World T20 Cup back in 2010. And uh, Pakistan, six for 191, as mentioned, a very respectable total. Australia in a fair bit of trouble. I think they were five for 105 when David Hussey got out. And Mr. Reliable, Mr. Cricket, 60 not out from 24 balls, including six sixes, uh, some of those at the back end of the game to get Australia across the line. That is the moment for me um, at an international level where I just I just had utter respect for Michael Hussey. I already loved Michael Hussey for, for a lot of the work he'd been doing in his, his test career. And as a first-class cricketer, there's so much to like about him. But that, that World Cup, just that game stands out for me. Unfortunately, Australia didn't go on to win that uh, tournament, but that game against Pakistan was an absolute beauty. Ah, oh, it was. Oh, what a knock. What a, what a man. Um, he's, he's done so much for Australia post uh, his debut, I think around 29 or 30 years old. Yeah. Um, at, at the time. And uh, yeah, that, that's one that certainly resonates with a lot of Aussie fans. I still get caught up to this day. Unfortunately, probably not so much on the Pakistan um, side of town. But, uh, yeah, he was incredible. Um, I absolutely loved watching him. And um, I was fortunate enough to see um, plenty of hundreds of these teammates in the NCG over the years. Yeah, uh, uh, an incredible talent, Michael Hussey. And interestingly in that game as well, Stephen Smith batting number eight. Uh, That was back in the days when he was... uh, a leg spinning all rounder, and hasn't he evolved his game since 2010 as well? Uh, the great Stephen Smith, and um, yeah, just shows shows how um, how over time players can really really take themselves to new levels of excellence. And yeah, I, I look at scorecard seeing Stephen Smith at number eight. I think, oh gee, that's that's a bit low for Smith, but. Uh, yeah, Australia getting the job done there. And and what I loved about the end of that game was the sheer jubilation from the Australian bench. And it was similar to that which we saw in the World Cup final last year. Mitch Marsh, incredible, as we mentioned earlier, uh, in, in that World Cup final last year. But the the key moment for me was the the squad running onto the ground and just the the sheer satisfaction from everyone who is close to Mitch Marsh, seeing him play to the potential that we've all suspected he's had for a long time. And, um, yeah, those team moments uh, are the ones that really stand out as well. Ah, uh, 100%. I think all of Australian cricket was absolutely pumped for Mitch Marsh. He's shown so much potential with this. Uh, a tough word um, in sport, but uh, to finally finally nail it on the on the biggest stage really uh, possible. Um, he's had so many injuries, so many setbacks. You know, missed out on numerous squads um, across the journey. Um, obviously, 
his, his brother's been a great player for the country as well. But, uh, gee, coming in and hitting a six-first ball, you know, really um, setting the tone for the rest of the of the innings. And, you know, 77, not out off, off 50 balls um, to get your country home in the final. Um, what a moment. And, you know, I'm sure the celebrations um, after a tight bubble um, overseas <laughs> as well, I think it would have been, um, would have been fun to be part of. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to ask about that logistically uh, for the tournament this year. Uh, how are things shaping up in that regard? Are, are we looking at strict rules in and around the the players and that sort of thing, or is that is that something that is looked after by someone else? Yeah, look, I think it's still being worked through. Um, you know, it's still an evolving world that we're living in, um, and I think we've just got to plan for as many scenarios. Um, as possible, and things can move really quickly. Um, and you would have seen in the New Zealand uh, women's T20 World Cup recently that um, you know they had the the world's greatest plans to have you know 100% capacity, and um, just days out from the event, um, that was really significantly reduced. So um, we've got a plan for everything. Really, we, we feel like we're in a good spot here in Australia, but we're welcoming a lot of you know, overseas guests as well. We need to protect them um, and make sure that the tournament. Um, an, an event can go ahead um, as planned, but um, from a from a selfish perspective on the community engagement and fan engagement side of things, you know, you'd love to welcome as many opportunities for the you know the fans and and players to mingle. And I think some of the the greatest things that the players do are those you know, signatures along the boundary game, uh, along the boundary line, post game, the selfies, you know, the fan days, open training sessions. If it was possible, um, we'd love to have a crack at, at getting those on, but um, it's a bit of a, a wait and see still at this stage. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Now, any other any other T Twenty moments for you that you want to talk about? Obviously, that Dwayne Bravo, DJ Bravo moment was the one that flicked the switch. Any others um, that you think that that one is is top of mind? Look, I'm really excited about our tournament. Um, when I, when I think about it, I mean, we're kicking off um, in Geelong uh, featuring Sri Lanka. So such a huge uh, mm. population, particularly in, in southeast Melbourne. I think there's around about 50,000 um, Sri Lankans that live down there. So we've got a, a large focus on, on trying to get them down there for the Super 12 um, stage. They haven't qualified for the main draw um, as yet. So, um, yeah, that, that's one of our major projects is um, actually just getting a bit of community consultation uh, for them at the moment and, and building up that fan journey um, so they can really, um, you know, enjoy that experience um, in Geelong, hopefully, um, and hopefully progress onto the rest of the tournament um, as well. And I guess a, another huge highlight is, of course, going to be India and Pakistan. Oh, um, yes. Capacity, MCG as well. I mean, um, you know, you heard stories of people logging in early for three hours trying to get tickets and, um, yeah, it, it actually went to capacity sale in about five minutes, um, such as the demand. And we probably could have sold it out a, a couple of times um, if, we, if we had more patience. <laughs> so that, that's probably um, our only kind of concern is um, we've got all these passionate fans out there and, and what do we actually do with them? Mm. Um, how do we engage? And um, yeah, they, they might have missed out on that game, but um, it's finding other opportunities in the tournament or, um, you know, big um, fan zones to, to really satisfy them. And, and I know it's going to be really tough to create that same atmosphere in, in a different area, but, um, yeah, just saying that they can still get behind their team. Um, and, of course, I mean, we've got Australia and New Zealand um, at the SCG as well, which is a rematch 
and yeah. his final um, as well. There's plenty of Kiwis in uh, Sydney that uh, we're looking to, to engage with in, in the next couple of months and, and get them fired up um, as well, which would be a great one. And of course, you, you can't beat the, the final at the MCAG. I mean, in my opinion, it's the greatest uh, venue in the world. I'm, I'm biased being at Melbourne. <laughs> but um, oh, it's going to be incredible. I can't wait to see what entertainment that we come up with. Um, I remember the fan zone from the Women's World Cup uh, final last year as well, uh, two years ago now, which was just an incredible um, showcase of Melbourne um, yeah. as well. And oh, plenty of activities for the kids and, yeah, I really hope that we can replicate it and even build on it and um, go close to a capacity crowd for that one as well. Yeah, exciting, exciting times ahead and exciting things happening online as well with the squad pages. Now, I, I jumped on these. I absolutely love this concept. Can you give our listeners a little bit more of an insight into how the the squad pages came about and, and, and what the objectives are? And, and um, then we'll tell people how they can get involved. Yeah. And thanks for jumping on as well, mate. Uh, been very active on there. and There's some great conversations that you've already um, <laughs> got yourself involved in. So uh, it's been, um, yeah, you've added a lot of uh, weight in there. So thank you. Um, look, squads is a really cool um, initiative that we've launched recently. And it's really emerged out of COVID. Um, mm. and really finding a, a way that we can keep fans engaged all around Australia um, all the time. Um, and it doesn't need to be in a physical sense. It can be in an online um, community through Facebook. Um, so right now, uh, we've set up 10 nations, um, which are in Facebook, as I said, and they're really safe um, groups. Uh, it's got a great mix of content. Um, so, Matt, I know you, you've got a lot of um, you know cricket chats, um, in there, you know, sharing your favourite highlights and my custody and kind of journeys over the years. But it's also a great um, community initiative as well. We've seen a lot of um, you know, cultural uh, days of significance celebrated in there and, you know, memories from back home and, you know, connecting old people that um, now live in Australia, uh, which has been beautiful. Mm. Um, in terms of the cricket chat, um, yeah, like there's been so many fans are celebrating their favourite moments as well. Um, I think about Sri Lanka and that star-studded team they had in 2014. Um, you know, those images um, coming up for the celebrations are always on there. It's just such a talking point. Um, and we've seen just great uptake from the community, just not from cricket fans as well, um, but even stories about their favourite musicians and how to celebrate, um, yeah, cultural days. And, and recently we've had Ramadan and, and Eid um, mm. as well. So I think that was a dive right into the communities and kind of what they stand for and, and what they're about, um, which is also an educational um, piece for us as staff, but um, also other communities as, as well, which has been really great. Um, yeah, and I guess uh, in Australia, what's that real, that one place that unites um, cricket fans and, and really brings you know, the, the country and the fans together to our tournament as a whole? Um, and we see it as the best place um, to get as much up-to-date information as, you, as you'd like to see um, around the national team. Um, you get to connect with like-minded fans like myself and, and Matt um, and community members, and it's, it's just the best way uh, to jump on board. So, yeah, really encourage all the listeners to um, get involved. Um, the, the best way from our perspective is to simply um, search in Facebook um, squad and then type in your, your favourite nation. Um, so squad Australia, squad India, 
uh, squad showing and so on. Um, and, uh, yeah, there's a couple of questions on there and, and we can add you in um, straight away and you could be part of the conversation. Yeah, and, and the best way to, to, to get the most out of it is to, to give and to share your views, uh, add a bit of banter in there. There's been some really good cricket threads on there. But as you say, there's been some, some other threads as well that aren't, directly cricket related but uh, are, are of interest as well and um, a great way to connect uh, and I'd imagine as the tournament ramps up uh, there'll, there'll be a, a fair bit of traffic going to those pages and a, a great place to collectively celebrate and perhaps collectively commiserate at different times as well. 100%. 100%. And the other point I should make is um, it's, a, it's a great opportunity if, if fans are looking to head along to games together as well. I've actually created um, squad zones within each venue. Oh, wow. As well as so people are making friends online or um, want to invite people along that they already know. Um, it's a great opportunity to actually um, get along together um, as a group. So, um, we've already seen, seen some really nice stories of um, in, even in squad Bangladesh recently um, it's connected different um, Bangladeshi community groups from um, Perth, from Queensland and South Australia, and they're going to get together in, in South Australia and have their own uh, mini cricket event, oh, uh, wow. which is linked in the same weekend as, as our event um, in Adelaide. So, um, yeah, it shows that um, it truly is connecting and uniting um, fans from, from all around the country, and um, yeah, people are really seeing the value in it. I'll actually have to talk to my next-door neighbour. My next-door neighbour is from Bangladesh, would you believe, in Barabadeen, out, out, the, back of, out the back of Barabadeen, my next-door neighbour. And he, he loves his cricket and he loves his podcast. So no, no, no doubt, Henry, you are listening and um, you, you should jump in there, as should, as should all the, the cricket fans out there uh, that are part of the cricket library community. Get involved with these squad communities and uh, add add to the discussion, add to the conversation. And a collective, a collective love of cricket brings people from all walks of life together. And, and that, that's one of the things I love most about our great game is, is the fact that we, we get to lear- learn and share from, from so many different people from all walks of life. And uh, the squad pages are a great place to do that. Oh, for sure. I mean, my greatest friends in life have come through sport. In particular, cricket, um, and I know that I could pick up the phone anytime and find somewhere to stay, or find someone to have dinner with, or just have a yarn with, like we're doing now. Um, it's just that that great connector, as you say, and um, yeah, we're so lucky to have something that that brings us all together, um, other than the, the traditional uh, nine to five job. Yeah, that's right. Now, uh, I didn't prep you on this, uh, so, <laughs> so this might take you completely off guard. The, the final question I like to ask my guests, and if you if you need some time to think about it, we can probably give you some thinking music. But if you could take three people to the nets, because we're a cricket podcast, we don't invite people to dinner. We we invite people down the nets. If you could take three people down to the nets, uh, uh, alive, uh, no longer with us. They could be cricketers. They could be rock stars. They could be comedians. They could be politicians. Uh, could be a good election moment. You might want to get your favourite politician down the nets. Um, we actually had Peter George, uh, former Australian cricketer. He nominated John Howard as a possible guest of his <laughs> down at the nets, which which I found uh, I found very interesting. Um, so, 
So if Aaron Wharton could have a dream net, uh, and I, I'm really sorry, I should have I should have prepped you for this, but uh, who who off the top of your head, uh, if you had to choose now, who who are you who are you inviting? Um, the first two are, are easy. Um, Shane Warne's got to be there. Yeah, um, I had the privilege of seeing him once up up and close, and just hearing the ball fizz out of his hand and the click of his wrist mm. is um, something to be seen. Um, and yeah, just to hang out with him, um, see his different varieties and how he explained it, he would have been an amazing cricket coach and captain um, as well. And geez, it's just the, the toughest art in cricket, and he was the absolute master of it. Um, so to be around a, a genius like that, um, you couldn't go past that for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, Shane Warne, Shane Warne is probably the most nominated person uh, for a net. So yeah, yeah, and rightly so. Not not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> um, my second one, uh, a bit left field for for cricket, but Michael Jordan, um, and we did see the photos with Michael Jordan and Shane Warne. Um, after Warney's passing, unfortunately, but um, you know, being Nike ambassadors, but. Uh, just you know, larger than life um, character. Um, he had some stories to, to tell, I think, and hanging out with Dennis Rodman in the change room. <laughs> uh, yeah, what a um, what a team they had. Um, oh. Yeah, six um, six championships. Um, you know, he could probably uh, learn a few things about cricket, um, and uh, we could probably uh, yeah, do a bit of cricket and, and basketball, and uh, have, have a bit of fun. I reckon. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that, that's that's a couple of good ones there. Have you got a third one? Oh, yeah. Tough. Tough. Spent a bit of time um, with Nathan Lyon as part of the, um, the the death team. He was um, I was team manager for the, the National Australian um, death team. Yeah. And um, Nathan Lyon um, was our ambassador. He actually came up to, to training um, and, you know, spent – an entire day with us, actually, and yeah, just the you know the awe that um, the players looked up to him with, and um, you know his kindness and, and sharing um, his different varieties and how he goes about his business and how he trains and prepares himself. Um, you know what a what a humble beginning as well. You know, starting as a groundsman, as we all know, and mm. um, rolling decks and you know, playing country cricket, and you know to succeed and you know be be the ghost. Um, the greatest of all time, and, and being off in a, yeah, probably second only to Murley, I guess, I guess in that category. Yeah. Um, it's amazing from very humble beginning. So, yeah, great guy. Um, yeah, love to love to uh, spend some more yarns with um, him when I can. So, so we're going to develop Michael Jordan into a very good player of spin, hopefully, at the end of it. <laughs> we'll have we'll have we'll have uh, the goat bowling, uh, bowling him and spinning him back in and. Warney trying to beat the outside edge or maybe wrap him on the pads with the flipper. It'll be bamboozled. They'll be coming from uh, all angles. <laughs> and Warney might buy him the flipper, I reckon. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I reckon you're right. Well, Aaron, this has been an absolute pleasure. I uh, really appreciate you uh, spending some time with us on the Cricket Library podcast. Really admire the work uh, that all the community engagement team are doing behind the scenes to bring people together to what's going to be 
a magnificent event in October, November this year and, and, and really thrilled that as Australians we get to experience that. All the best with the road to October and the tournament itself. Uh, thanks so much for joining us on the Cricket Library podcast. Oh, thanks, Matt. Thanks for having us along. It's been an absolute delight. And, um, yeah, let's, uh, let's bring on the event ahead. We can't wait to welcome everyone along. Yeah, and in the meantime, we'll see you all on the squad pages. A massive thanks to Aaron Wharton for joining us on this edition of the Cricket Library podcast. A thoroughly enjoyable conversation with someone who clearly loves the game. And, gee, it's nice to go back and have a think about some of those moments along the way that inspired us to love the game and really looking forward to the T20 World Cup in October, inspiring so many more people to love and play the game of cricket. And as Aaron said, bringing people together from generations, uh, bringing them together to to watch games of, of cricket and make sure you do yourself a favour and you get yourself involved in those squads on Facebook. Uh, I'm, I'm on multiple squads at the moment and, and really enjoying the conversation on there. And it's very simple to... Get yourself on those pages. You just need to answer a question or two just to make sure you're going to follow the community guidelines and make sure you're going to be creating a a really positive environment in there, which I'm sure listeners of the Cricket Library podcast will do. We've got some really exciting things coming up in the coming months over the off-season. Starting very soon, I've, I've already had a chat with Michelle Gosko, double centurion, in Test Match Cricket, Michelle Gosko. And that one will be hitting the airwaves in the next few weeks sometime. we just got to put the final touches on that one. And plenty of other great conversations coming your way as well. In the meantime, have a check back through the back catalogue. Plenty of good conversations in there. You might want to hear the full chat I had with Daryl Tuffy. Uh, that was from a couple of years ago, but uh, well worth a listen if you haven't had the chance to do that yet. And of course, all the usual recommendations of hitting the subscribe button, leaving us a review if you feel inclined, and spreading the word. Tell your friends and get your friends involved in the Cricket Library podcast as well. It'd be great to have you along for the ride. This has been Matt Ellis. Bye for now.